Those things were, were just garbage. I got a bad feeling about this. Will you be an angel for a helpless animal? There can only be one. The Shadow Crew Podcast. Well, fellas, <laughs> I'm back. And like in true fashion, I figured, what the hell, I might as well run the show. Uh, but that being said, I am happy to be back. I missed uh, the last few weeks. That's on me. You know, just I had to go do a bunch of signings and his crazy multi-million dollar contracts, which is crazy. But I'm happy to be back on uh, the Shadow Crew podcast. And I am joined uh, by my lovely, gorgeous co-hosts. Minus one this week decided that he would take over the missing spot, which is a little bit weird. Uh, but we're gonna do something different. Let's go around and introduce each other. I'm Chet Maddox, as always. Dr. Brantley and Alexander Storm. Yes, fellas, uh, great to be back. Loved what I saw when I was gone. I will tell you, as we were talking off camera, I was in a completely different realm with Transformers. Um, but under understandably, I get it. I, I I understand. I understand where the problems lie in Transformer movies. Although the latest one wasn't that bad. No, the latest one was actually pretty good. Yeah, I haven't seen so, it. So, but you know that wasn't on the billion dollar list though yet. So we couldn't rank it. <laughs> yeah, I know that's like, in my in my mind it was. We have we have some trailers that we want to go that we want to go over and talk about. Um, but kind of kicking it off with our with our first topic, uh, uh, Ahsoka. Episode five. What are you? What are your thoughts? I'm. I'm gonna be transparent. I'm just gonna kind of like guide the conversation because uh, I. I didn't watch it. I. I. I can't. I can't. I. Okay. I tried. Right. Um, maybe I'll. Maybe I'll watch it and come back. But I. I honestly. I. I tried and. This week's episode, I thought, um, was good for the 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 level of. I thought that Dave Filoni was a good successor to um, George Lucas. It seemed like something that was truer to what George Lucas would have done. Uh, I thought the relationship between uh, Anakin Skywalker and Asuka were extremely well in the jumping back through time. And yes, I'm going to spoil this for you, Chet, since you didn't watch it. That's fine. Uh, I, I, I thought, and if, and if anyone else had to watch it, I'm guessing I'm going to spoil it as well. I thought the, the time jumps, the um, the whole thing that Dave Filoni's good at is the Clone Wars. And I thought he did a very good job of having uh, the characters kind of take most of their origin story back there you can see the training which we've never seen in live action before the mm -hmm. Yanga Suka and the Anakin Skywalker so I thought that was extremely well and I thought it was one of the better appearances by Hayden Christensen I, I liked mm -hmm. it a little bit better than the Obi-Wan appearance he did it was pretty good I mean you never seen it was like a live action Clone Wars uh it looked fantastic the one thing that Obi-Wan had uh, with Hayden is the Darth Vader stuff because they yes. they had a, like a couple images of it. But in that, he actually was Vader and the best he's ever been, you know, like the baddest yeah. he's ever been, which was cool. I think the reason why this episode worked the same way, uh, Dr. Brentley, was just we had never seen Hayden Christensen in the Clone Wars. So to have that kind of interaction between that and Stormtroopers and all that time, it was if we would seen the live action version of the Clone Wars, 
but done mm-hmm. by the guy who created the Clone Wars. So it was like everything was detailed. It was extremely accurate. I thought Hayden Christensen uh, even um, like you know acted a lot like that character. So you can tell that he actually watched uh, the Clone Wars himself because his his movements, his mimics, his speech was exactly like what we saw in the animated version. So yeah. I thought as an actor that made him extremely versatile. And I know he was condemned for doing the prequels. And I think that now audiences can probably say that, you know, Hayden Christensen deserves a little bit of praise because it truly might have been the direction of those prequels and how he was told to act and not his actual talent itself that we're seeing emerge now. Yeah, I think I think just to speak to that, if you if you watched like Looper, if you remember him in Looper, (laughs) not the same dude acting, completely different guy. And I think I think the I think the problem is, is that like. If you want to count those episodes as Star Wars, that's fine. But in my opinion, those things were were just garbage. And I got a bad feeling about this. Don't just stand there and try and brace it with something. I think that his acting was. I think that his the way that he was done was it was an issue of the acting so i mean hearing hearing you guys talk about this makes me really want to like jump in and watch it though because like <laughs> didn't know any of this shit it was happening uh but did so do you think that with with this episode like did dave prove that he's the right successor for george definitely oh yeah yeah it's never been more like a george lucas star wars than it is right now uh, in ahsoka uh the look the style of how just the stories are told um, it feels like it was sort of a bigger movie that they just chopped up into these little pieces, you know. Uh, and I think yeah. it will work as just one viewing thing, like one really long, like probably three and a half hour movie or something. So, do you think that the star? Do you think that the Star Wars like Disney material has been better than the movies? Oh, no. I think the Disney Plus material has been. Uh, I I thought that maybe Book of Fett storytelling was a little bit slow and a little bit uh, methodical but uh i've thought the mandalorian has been fantastic i think actually the mandalorian is the reason why we're still talking about star wars and seeing films because without the success of that show i don't think we see any of the other stuff and uh, i think that asuka while it did take off a tad bit slow uh and i knew the way they were going to the last three episodes were going to speed it up but this this episode five was more backstory informative and yet also it kind of did a a grand kickback to like you know the world beyond the worlds and star wars where the force and everything else is kind of like relied on that little extra realm i think mm-hmm. they did a really good job of of, of telling that story and, and with the uh actors as well because again i was really blown away by how well hayden christensen uh his acting was this time around i was like he he really did kind of embody Anakin Skywalker this time around. And, uh, you know, we made it this far. Hopefully uh, an episode of The Mandalorian doesn't just show up in the middle of the Ahsoka series like it did in Boba Fett. <laughs> no, I think we're getting only six episodes, brother. I don't see it going further than that. It could, it could always just be a spinoff and another uh, bad attempt at animation that they don't sure. do. I'm surprised he didn't actually have the live action version of like the Bad Batch to just walk through in one God. scene. I was I was waiting for it to see like how many things could Dave Filoni <laughs> jump into like one little flashback scene, but he didn't did. You, did you did you like the Bad Batch? I did. I liked the animated show. I thought it was um, it 
it, it's a timeline that I, I don't think we really have seen too much. Yeah. And I think that that's the reason why it's entertaining because it's like, it just fills in some gaps and um, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how that actually all concludes itself because obviously I don't think it's going to go too well for the bad patch in the end. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I like that. There was, there is a lot of the, the anim- animated stuff from star Wars that I, I was into. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how long Disney's going to be around. You know, yeah. That's that's the that's the real question. Is like maybe they found their stuff now. Maybe they got their groove going with these Star Wars Disney Plus things. But uh, if Disney Plus ain't around and Disney's not around, like I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what what's gonna happen with that. No, I, I I'm hearing. You. I've heard the rumors and the reports, and now we know that Apple's kind of not in the middle of that anymore. And now there's another group that's popping up, and it is a tad bit worrisome because the Walt Disney Corporation on its own has always been a separate entity. They bought into like, you know, the Pixar's, the Star Wars brand, the Marvel brands. But when you have someone who really is not from the entertainment side of the business that comes in and grabs a like, you know, entertainment company, well especially we, one the size of Disney. We we we've seen what's going on with Warner Brothers <laughs> over oh, the yeah. last all, all ten to fifteen all- <laughs> years. Well, even even in the last like two weeks, now Warner Brothers, all the good stuff you can watch on Amazon Prime. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah. So literally, like there goes there goes Max, right? Well, well, there's one thing that'll help it: just uh, give the writers and actors what they want, so they can get back to work, and the studios <laughs> could make money again. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, making money is always a plus. Speaking of need to make money, uh, did you guys uh, happen to watch Aquaman two trailer? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Well, you know, <laughs> like, remember when we said that Hayden Christensen had a problem with his acting style and it was like, it's a direction or that? Just the five seconds of Jason Momomo having a, like, the conversation with the screen. And I was like, this is so labored. And I was like, it just didn't, it didn't seem natural, you know? Now, Black Manta seemed fantastic, though. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they should have made the movie called the Black Manta Movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, but who's who's ever really done Aquaman right? Um, you know what? There's an episode of the, uh, the uh, I guess it was the Superman animated show. It was, uh, there's an episode where Aquaman's done, and it's changed from the Justice League version, but he's in his, the old orange and green suit, the guy that rode the seahorse kind of Aquaman, and actually that was probably the best time I've seen Aquaman on the screen, done right and faithful, and it worked. I like the old Saturday morning one. (laughs) So good. <laughs> they took that off of uh, Max as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, let me tell you something. I work in a trailer business, so I know how these things are put together. Uh, with superhero movies, a lot of stuff blows up. There's some cool visuals. You only need you know, a certain amount of that, a couple of good lines, and then you can make anything look exciting. I have a feeling that may be what they've done here. Well, you know, we've we've heard that there was uh, problems behind the reshoots and every other situation. And I I saw a report. I don't know if it was through one of the major publications. I can't remember one. It probably shouldn't divulge which one it was, anyways. Uh, but they said it was like a complete and utter mess that this movie is. So it has me worried because 
the, the special effects look okay. I've never thought the underwater stuff looked great in Aquaman. It just doesn't look consistent. But the um, those characters, um, I think from the trench, um, and I think that's out of straight out of an Aquaman. Um, I think that's one Jeff Johns wrote uh, yeah. those yeah. characters. Yeah. yeah, that looks actually pretty good. But I just think Aquaman underwater, and I think Ocean Master and rest. No, but Black Manta looked actually pretty good. His special effects. So maybe that's the stuff that's already just prepared and done, and everything else they're probably still working on. Maybe. There's also that like controversy where they were gonna get rid of Amber Heard too, right? Yeah, I've heard and that. And then and then have to do reshoots. It's hopefully it's just not another one of those removing the mustache from Superman. <laughs> well, you did see that she's only in one shot for less than a second in the entire yes, trailer. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's that is correct. Yeah. So they're no, yeah, I, keeping her away. Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. Will you be an angel for a helpless animal? I think the Aquaman is like, I don't know. I think the first movie was was a good popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. Wasn't anything to talk about. Don't have a desire to watch it again. Um, but that's on par with DC, in my opinion, unless it's an animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, their live action stuff, they can't get right. They couldn't get the flash right. Uh, I think Aquaman 2, there was a lot of potential. But what, what people aren't doing is Aquaman, there's so much story you can tell that's not underwater, and it would mm-hmm. make it epic. Yeah. And and well, and, they, and they're just they're focusing on Atlantis and and like underwater and Ariel's dad coming in to save the day, you know. And it's just like uh, he is king of the ocean. Yeah, no, but come you on. know, one thing I will give them credit this uh, this time though with the trailer, and I think we saw it on the Flash as well. But at the end of the trailer, it seemed like James Gunn got it and promoted the Aquaman books. Now, I, I think that was also done through the Flash, if mm-hmm. I'm not correct. Yep. But uh, this one was more predominant. It wasn't just an afterthought. They actually put in and said, Dave, you know, read the comics. And they showed the stories. And I thought they did a really good job uh, promoting, which they said they were going to do. So that's it's better than what I think I've seen only Marvel do it one time. And that was with, like, Hitmonkey at the end. You had to go through all the credits. Oh, and yeah. then they put they put it up. And I thought this one... For the first time, they were advertising comics, not as a secondary thought. But I think they, I think they have to do that because James Gunn right now is kind of like underwater, trying to like justify what he's done with everybody, mm-hmm. and good, and you know, good luck because you literally came in and <laughs> decided to just get rid of everything good you had going for DC. And I mean, you know, everyone kind of said the same thing to him about Marvel, but at the same time, like. Well, he hasn't even started yet, really. Like, none of his stuff has come out, and they're already tanked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, no one's going to want to see Superman if it's not Henry Cavill. Because regardless yeah. of what you think, like, that dude was perfect. No, I think they were making, they made a big mistake. And I think the big mistake was is that people really thought of Henry Cavill. And, and not in the same way they do as, like, Christopher Reeve, but he's like a – he was the next actor that people were like, okay, that's mm-hmm. Superman for my generation. Yeah. And I think that by removing him out of that and not giving him the opportunity to come back, especially after they had already announced that he was going to have a second film, and then just to pull the rugs out from under him 
I don't know if you did any goodwill with your fans. No, they they did they, they didn't. It's like uh, I was talking to a friend of mine a while ago. We were talking about sometimes there's people that play parts where you're like, "Holy shit, that was made for that person," and it's like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. Yes, like couldn't you you just? It's like no, I mean like you can't have a live action Deadpool if it's not Ryan Reynolds. In my opinion. Like Superman was Henry Cavill, yes, and 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 like I mean Christopher Reeves, fantastic, old school Superman. Like you watch those old school Superman movies, they're actually really well done, and I don't think yes. they get enough credit. Then you all of a sudden get this idea where we're gonna remove them, and I and to be honest, I think Jason Momoa is a good Aquaman, but it is just bad writing. Yes. He's not like a good Silver Age Aquaman, but he's like a good modern Aquaman. Yes, but no, his his acting just seemed like maybe the direction he was more labored. Well, oh, yeah, that's it. That, that's because he he uh, did Fast X, so <laughs> his acting kind of like went downhill trying to keep up with the Fast and Furious. The, but, the curse of the Fast and Furious. Yeah, but what was uh, good to see was Godzilla minus one trailer. What did you guys think of that? Uh, I think it's probably one of the best-looking trailers I've seen in a long time from Godzilla. It was fantastic, man. I'm actually more excited for that than the Monarch show. It just it looked like something we haven't seen in the Godzilla stuff, where it's like actually what happens when a giant Godzilla foot steps on the ground right by you, right? And like the streets coming up, people, you know, you see like the businessmen on top of a building and it starts to fall down, you follow them down you know stuff we haven't really seen before um it it looked very interesting i watching that trailer there was there was a thought that came into my mind and i wanted to talk to both of you specifically about this because uh you just have a little bit more involvement in that industry than i have but there seemed to be a lot more practical effects in that trailer than like cgi right Yes. Well, if you notice, though, the one of the very first cards was written, directed, and VFX by the same guy. Yeah. So that. that was interesting. So it's probably like a Gareth Edwards kind of a situation where he's doing the effects on his own movie kind of a thing, and he, he's got this opportunity to make a big movie. Well, you know, that's the second um, Godzilla film that I think they actually have done Toho itself in Japan. That I thought they actually put a lot of tricks. So Shin Godzilla was like, you know, they were like, they pulled out all the great effects and the practical use and everything. And I'm like, this was really like, it looks like it's a, like a transition from a couple of years, but also a little bit more technology used. Yeah. But it, it just seemed like they're like now when you're looking at the Godzilla films, we never could put them in the same contents of any of the American films. And now we're able to say like, it's, there's some talent. And these guys are pulling out some really good passion projects over there on this character that's been around for what, what, fifty years or so? Longer. Yeah. Actually, it's you probably know, more I, like I, seventy. Sixty nine, dudes. <sighs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, because Raymond Burr was in like what the first one, right? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been a long time. But I, I thought that the uh, um, you know just the whole. Uh, cinematography and everything else it just looks so like modern 
Yeah. And you're like, you know, they're doing the overseas. They're doing a lot of, a lot better movies than I think we are. I think our indie market is kind of hurting now because I've seen some of those, uh, some of the zombie films and everything that they're doing in Korea and everything else. And like, man, they're, well, they're- you know, I'm just going to put it out there, but I mean, if you look at, if you look at the movies that, that are, that are popping up coming from like overseas, one of my favorite movies of all time, um, is, is not from here. I I just think that like overseas they're just having fun making movies in America for the past maybe th- 4 or 5 years it feels like we've just been making movies uh how how can I say this it feels like we've been making movies to make sure it's okay in other countries than just making a movie to be good prime example of that is like Top Gun 2 Top Gun's one of my favorite movies. Top Gun 2 was fantastic, but they couldn't release it because they had to remove shit from his jacket before they would release it because <laughs> it offended a specific area on the globe. And so, like, that's that's where I feel like we're we're missing, like, we're missing the mark, right? Is, like, if we could just get people behind movies to make movies, like this Godzilla one, a minute, like, less than a minute into the trailer, I'm in. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I'm all in. And, and it's because I think you could just honestly tell that this is like a passion project and the guys like everything or nothing. And so, you know, the, you can, you can feel it. I, and I, and I think that we're, we're missing that. And I think that there's, uh, there needs to be change in that ASAP or, you know, we're just going to be watching a bunch of foreign films. Well, we're, we're making movies for corporate entities. Yeah. And corporate entities are controlling it. And I think that sometimes over in uh, the foreign countries, and I don't know this by uh, by any direct knowledge, but it just seems like that's not as a heavy-handed scenario uh, mm-hmm. that when a filmmaker goes out, he makes a film. You know, I'm sure there's certain people that want him to change certain things, but I think he has a little bit more freedom. And I think there's, we're not seeing that over here. I think There's, there's not as much money corporate- on the line. Uh, well, that's true stuff. too. You know, well, here but, it's but, millions and millions. There, it may be a million or two. You know, but the difference of it is, is there's still works of art, and when yes. you don't let an artist do a work of art, then it becomes something that's that's minor. If you put, let's say, if there was twenty guys behind Picasso, telling him what to do, would we have gotten his passion, or would it have been twenty other people's interpretation, yeah. and we would have got a la the flash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this movie, is what the, happens. One, my favorite movie, by the way, um, is Battle Royale. Yeah, okay, yeah, I see that that's movie. what I was that's thinking. Good film. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Like that, like it, even the second one, while it's not as good, it's still great. And I remember, I remember when when Hunger Games came out, I was like, Nah, I'm good. Like, this, yeah. you should watch Battle Royale and not worry about. Hunger. Yeah, and if we're gonna if we're gonna go into foreign films, let's remember Old Boy. Because Old Boy is fantastic. I think Old Boy is the John Wick before John Wick shows up. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that hallway scene is amazing. You know? Yeah. So amazing they so, ripped it off as many times as possible, you know? <laughs> they did. Yes. However many ways they could with different color lighting. That's exactly. just all they did. But I, I think it's just a, there's a, a lot less of control and heavy hands on projects. And it's, it's starting to see, you know? Because, yeah, the minute you see Godzilla come on the screen, you're like, well, okay, this is not going to be the average uh, Toho production. This is actually going to be something that's going to step in with some quality. And I'm kind of interested to see that box office because I think it's going to be pretty good. Well, I, that's why I looked at that first, and then I looked at the Monarch trailer. 
And it's like yeah. the Monarch one is much more slickly produced and, you know, mm-hmm. better shots and compo- mm-hmm. composition, all that kind of stuff. But I'm more interested in Godzilla minus one. You know, it just yeah. it looks like there's more to it. But I didn't think they did a bad job on the Monarch. No, it looks like it a looks TV good. show. It looks like they were faithful to, like, you know, uh, all the Godzilla films and the uh, the Skull Island and a lot of the actors. Boy, and so it just looks like it's a, a, a extension of it, but it, it, it didn't look like I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch this. No. It just it looked like we Americanized Godzilla and they've taken it back now. Yeah, I think that's why I liked it so much, because it's like, oh, shit, they're doing the running in the streets and then the foot comes down and like actually affects the street. And I was like, OK, that's that's new. And it's like, you know, it, it was just like everything that I remember or that you've ever heard of Godzilla where mm-hmm. it's like just it, Godzilla for some people is like a dude in a suit doing this. Mm-hmm. And like, this is just kind of like, no, nah, it could be a suit, but it looks rad. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like, speaking of like modern, like modern day movies and kind of like where everything's at in the box office, like what are, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Equalizer 3? What are your thoughts on that, on that, on that box office right now? You know what? This is the first time I can say, and I think other than probably John Wick, yeah, uh, in a long time, this was a good third movie. Normally, the you know second one is a little drop off. The third one's like, okay, they should stop the franchise here. Uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed that if we don't see uh, Denzel Washington again, this is going to kind of suck because I'm looking forward to a possible Equalizer four, and I, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but. Uh, you know that might be difficult <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say they could do a uh, equalizer john wick crossover i would love to see that keanu reeves said he wanted to do something like that i was like i would love to see that if that, that would ever be, happened that would be awesome and i would watch that <laughs> yeah if, but if that happens i'm lining out the theater that's gonna go back to like 1996 and sit outside the theater for that one well, I mean, so right now, what is the 15th? So as of the 14th, like total, total wide, uh, it's done $112.4 million. But that's only, that's worldwide. Yeah. That, uh, well, yeah, yeah, in the for, U.S., for, it's in at the, 66, right? Yeah, in the U.S., it's 66.4. And um, it's actually going a little bit lower than the other two. Uh, they all opened around the same uh, amount, like 34, 32 million. And yeah. uh, the first two both were within like a million dollars of each other. Uh, they ended at 101 and 102. But this one looks like it's going to be a little bit less than that. It's just like the same thing with Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible, where it's like, you know, it's just not quite up to where the other ones were. So do we know? I, I haven't I haven't looked, and I'm sure I can check while we're during this podcast. But like, do we know if this is a movie where you can also rent it? Uh, no, it's no only I don't think theaters. it's on video demand. It's only in theaters right now. Is it? Because mm-hmm. they because they they did that. Speaking of Transformers, <laughs> they did that with the new release Transformers. I was gonna go to the theater and watch it, and I, I like pulled up my Apple TV and was like, wait, hold on, I could just rent this shit right now? Like, <laughs> like uh, right rad. now, I don't have to go and drive in my car, go and pay a ton of money and parking, maybe get something to eat and drink, go in, find a bad seat, 
<laughs> you yeah. know, have yeah, exactly. kids talking. So, I, so I, I just don't know if they're like, if it, if, if it was, if they would be calculating that, but, um, you no, know, I, I mean, just think that it's hard for people to, um, there's certain films that people are going to run out to the theater for. And then it's like, you know, Denzel Washington films so always have a steady crowd to it. There's always people like, you know, when you hear the, probably one of the modern day marvels of acting, you know, it gets a little foot trap. People still go, oh, Denzel's in the theater this week. And they, you know, I'm, so, I'm just I don't think for training day too. Well, I don't think Denzel's had a flop since like virtuosity or something like I that, think you so, know. Yeah. I think uh, that was his last one. Actually. It's been like 30 years every one of his movies has performed. Hey, cuz that guy I mean he just picks he he can pick and choose whatever he wants and he very rarely says yes to things. And when he does they're like fantastic. Yeah. At least it's original. Yeah. <laughs> like it it's as original, original as it can be <laughs> as a TV it, show from the eighties. <laughs> reboot. Yeah. Well, but you know, but you don't have like people just sitting in rooms going like, "All right, what remake should we do now?" Because we don't want to, you know what I mean? And then and then screw up the remakes and doesn't, you know, if they want to do Cobra. Stallone is Cobra, the strong arm of the law. Like I've said before, go ahead. Let's do Cobra, a new Stallone. Don't recast you know? it. It has to be Stallone. Yeah, after like a hiatus where he's just way bigger than he was in that movie. <laughs> like like uh, it would it would be basically the same plot line as um, him and Wesley Snipes uh, are frozen, and then they deep thought what was that? Oh, Demolition Man. Man. Yeah, Demolition Man. It's just like, but it would be like Cobra, but with like <laughs> just like Cobra is thought Man. out in the distant future. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I don't know if they could do like Cobra Two because you know, like let's be honest, you know, that was a different LAPD then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no way that Cobra could come back into the department now. There'd be a lot of lawsuits. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. And if I find him, do what you do best. Yeah. Well, see, no, that should be the part of it. It's like he's being kicked out of the force, and they have to go back to him. It's like, oh, no one can solve this case but Cobra because you know we have to follow the rules. He just does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. And look at his sunglasses. Yeah. And, and, and then he repairs car. the he repairs the nineteen forties uh, uh, Mercury. You know, it's just yeah. like <laughs> yeah, same, Mercury Sable. Yeah. Oh uh, man, Cobra would be such a good show now. Oh, I'm sure. With the technology and everything they could do now, oh yeah, Cobra's Cobra would be all right, man. I'm a fan. I, I'm excited. I'm happy for Equalizer three and its uh, current success. I would say. I I think it's from my, in my opinion in, in the current state of movies, like I consider it a success. At least it's not bombing. At least it's not yeah. getting canceled before it even comes out because <laughs> there are a few of those that have happened recently. Well, let's be honest, you know, how much money do you really think they spent on that budget? You know, I don't think they went into like, you know, it's not like they got to recuperate $200 million or something no. from yeah. the performance. They actually, it was a level-headed film. Antoine Fuqua does a great job of keeping yeah. budgets in a very respectable manner. And, um, you know, I think the studio's like, it's it's a little bit considered to be like an action art house film, you yeah. know? So I don't ex I didn't expect it to do like five hundred million or a billion worldwide. But if it can pull in like you know let's say 
like you know, 200, 235 mil, I think the studio will be happy with that. Yeah, and Antoine yeah. Fuqua is one of those directors that kind of goes under the radar. You know, people talk about the flashy ones like Tarantino and stuff mm-hmm. like that and Scorsese and Spielberg. But he just delivers consistent, well-done movies just about every time. Well, yeah. ask, ask yourself, when was the last time he had a ball? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Proven That's, filmmaker. Yeah, it's a good know? question. Uh, you wonder why he's not doing any superhero movies? Because mm. <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> Moving towards the best of series, best swords of all time. Okay. We, 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 what, what character had the uh, best sword uh, on the big or small screen? Uh, okay. That's a well, tough one. It is. It is. Uh, I got four. You got four? I got four different ones, but okay. I think for me, the one that goes to the top is Conan the Barbarian. Uh, The Atlantean sword that he finds uh, when he's running away from the wolves. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love that he, uh, you know, they do a cut where he's got this sword now, those wolves were after him, and then the next shot, it's him walking with a wolf coat. <laughs> he's just walking. <laughs> it's like, I don't, you don't even need to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you guys go ahead, and then if you miss uh, them, I will tell my other three. For me, I'm going to say... Uh, and I, I'm not going to just include just it on film. I think uh, I think in just all kind of screens or all kind of phenomena. I'm going to say the Sword of Omens from Thundercats. Thunder, 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 get <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, I actually have one of those toys I'm on, I got to unbox. <laughs> yeah, no, I, okay, you know, those are all great, but we all know there can only be one. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's where this is gonna go. <laughs> you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I the, know what you're talking the, about. The dragon head, mm-hmm, katana mm-hmm. from Highlander. There can only exactly. be one, and it's not even that good of a sword. It's just from Highlander, <laughs> and the way he pulls it out and like lights up. Come on. Well, I don't know. Back in the days when we were going to conventions, and actually, this is gonna tell about how old we are. But uh, you know, they actually had like real katana blades with that like handle. Yes, and you would did. go through, and if I think if you had like you can't a buy that shit anymore at the convention. Yeah, no, no, not at the convention anymore. <laughs> yeah, the, you know what? You know what it was too is when they sold the swords, it had to have some rubber thing on the tip, and the and the blade had to be dull underneath. But you could. Oh buy no, it. brother! No, you, no, no, you, no. We we were we were old school going to conventions in the in like the eighties in the early nineties, and there was no protective kind of thing. Guys were walking through with like one hundred percent katana swords and everything that could probably kill a person. <laughs> Well, you have you have one up on me. I, I didn't I didn't go to conventions in the eighties. Yeah, brother, we, we we've been we've been around for a long time. Yeah. Like I, like fine wine, we keep getting better. <laughs> but to your point, though, like as far back as I can remember, going to like just San Diego Comic Con before it was big, and then when it got big, like the early days of San Diego Comic Con, like you could buy that stuff too. Oh yeah, easily. Maybe not. Maybe not like. Not like Anaheim Convention Center style swords, because no. that Anaheim Convention Center has let's let's 
let's be honest. If you've ever been in California, uh, I I was born and raised there. I lived there for like 39 years. There's some shady shit that happens at the Anaheim Convention Center that you just shouldn't be able to do. And uh, and I and I, you know, I've 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 been to a few awkward things at the Anaheim Convention Center, so it wouldn't surprise me that I could go in and buy a replica Highlander sword and cut the guy's head off at the same time. Well, you know, the same thing when you go to D23. They've got, like, actual full laser pistols from Star Wars and everything. I didn't even know those things were real. So I went to, like, Anaheim Convention Center. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, the only thing shadier than that. No, there's nothing shadier than that. Yeah, you do know we'll never be allowed in Anaheim now, too. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point of this podcast is to just kind of keep ticking the shit off our list we can't talk about or exactly. we don't get sponsorships on, which is fine. We'll make our own sponsorships. Uh, so, so Doc, which which swords which swords were on on the top of your mind? So Highlander was fourth on my list, and okay. number two was Andruil, forged from the shards of Narsil, uh, Lord of the Rings. That is beautiful super long sword that's probably the longest sword i've seen on film because uh in return of the king they you know he pulls it out and the camera just keeps like going up and going up and going up that one is pretty awesome you know it's the king's sword the third one and mr storm i hopefully you'll uh, agree with me on this is the braveheart sword william wallace oh, yeah. That's, that's a, a beautiful that's a bad sword, and it's floating in the wind when it sticks in the ground. <laughs> so dramatic. Yes. Yes. See, I was thinking about this, too, because that's what the topic came through the email this morning. I was thinking um, uh, the, the Game of Thrones. Uh, what was it? The, uh, the sword they gave. I can't remember the character's name, but it was uh, she carried. Oh, Needle? There you go. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yes, needle. yes. That, that was a cool it. sword. That was a cool sword, although I don't know like if that would protect you in the fight, but you know, she did a pretty good job of it. <laughs> yeah, no, needle was good. You know, I will say an honorable mention for me is uh Sword of the Spirit. Which okay. was given which was given to Spawn when he was in limbo. Mm-hmm. Now now if we're talking about swords, does the lightsaber count as a sword? No. No. Okay, all right, okay. It's a so, flash. No energy swords. Now uh, there's also you, you could have a sword. It would it would count as a sword if and hear me out. Mm-hmm. If it was a sword, there was metal, but then also had like lightsaber around it. That would count as so, a sword. So then the dark saber counts. Yes. Well, okay, it's so still made saber. out of light and everything. It's no, not, the dark but... saber has an actual saber. No. No, oh, yeah, it no, doesn't. Because no, he not, can. Because no, no. he's just a handle. No, he can no, turn it on. It just. Got, it just looks metal. <laughs> yeah. No. It's got. It's got to have metal involved in it. Okay. All right. So uh, we got to get out. Also, the Green Destiny from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh yes. Oh, that is a good sword. Movie. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Great sword too, man. Great sword. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Now, I, I would, I'm is there a, to see what, uh, is there a winner? Yeah. Yeah. Because out of all these swords, uh, has anything changed your mind from what your pick was? No. I still will go with the Sword of Romans because it was one of the few swords that to give you sight beyond sight, you could actually see trouble before it came. 
So oh, it's well, a pretty that's, good that's sword, good. man. And and it also had a signal in it. So you've got to give credit to so, like a, a sword that's a multi. So how did the Thundercats ever get into trouble? Well, they did, and then he would use the sword. Hey, and, calm down, you know. calm down. Okay. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> How come none of us pick He-Man's yeah, sword? You know what? I was never a big He-Man fan. I can't look at Comes He-Man the, castle, the same though. anymore as now that I've watched him sing the Cranberry song. Or a three or a three non-blonde song. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Have you seen that? No. I, I I've seen. Oh. It. I think it was just because it was uh, filmation. I just never really liked the animation on He Man. <laughs> no, music. it was it was bad. But uh, I'm gonna send you guys the link to He Man singing that song. <laughs> it's real. I I cannot. I mean, the the Kevin Smith stuff that he came out with was garbage for that He Man on Netflix, which he's never gonna be on the show either. Mark that off. No, <laughs> but I don't even know if the Power Sword even gets like an honorable mention. Well, uh, hmm. well, I can tell you this one thing: the editor's probably cutting in that right now. That song. And I say- As long as copyright will allow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As much as copyright, there'll be another strike that we get. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked. So we we were talking about buying swords at at, uh, at conventions, and conventions aren't what and conventions aren't what they used to be, right? Mm-hmm. So coming up, we have uh, Hasbro Pulse Con on Friday, September twenty second. Uh, what do you think? Uh, are we using the are we using con a little too freely here? Like, are we freeballing this shit with with the word convention everywhere? I feel like maybe we are. I think when it starts being used by corporate entities, then yes, you pushed it too far. And I think like you know if you think about like what D twenty three and you're thinking about the post con and everything. Let's be honest, it's just a place where they're selling merchandise at. Now the early days of the comic convention was just. Pretty much so you can actually sit there and meet, you know, the creators behind it. It wasn't so much of, you know, pushing products out the door. And the same thing with some of those, uh, the early entertainment ones. Like the Star Trek convention in the 70s wasn't about selling merchandise. It was basically... Meeting everybody that was into your stuff. Everybody that was into it. And now I think the the corporate entities have done a great job of just... Well, it's a post-con. This is how much money we need you to spend. Because it's not like they're bringing in celebrities or anyone to sit down and talk about the products. It's basically, it's here's the products, it's a convention, and there's a price tag, and you don't even need to go to it. You know, I don't know if anybody, since we're talking about Anaheim Convention Center, uh, <laughs> just the price. I remember one time we looked at tickets, and I was like, these they're out of their minds. <laughs> yeah, to well, see previews yeah. of Star Wars shows, you're like you've you lost your yeah, mind. Yeah, I mean it's, it's Disney. Like that, that'll collapse soon. I don't, I don't think people are gonna do that. But I, I think like the San Diego Comic Con that just passed, mm-hmm. where they didn't have anything in Hall H, anything like that, and Jim Lee had made a comment about like we're finally getting the conventions back. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I truly believe that like 
so I, I I love pop culture. I love the industry. I, I buy toys like they're going out of style. I love all that stuff. But where I always found myself when I went to, to San Diego Comic-Con, I was always in like the back corner where all the like comics comic stores were mm-hmm. because like in my opinion if you go to a convention right like a convention is a place where everyone that likes the same crap for the most part is conveniently coming to a spot where everyone is into the same thing and you might get to Maybe something you find is a little bit different, but it's still in the same ballpark, right? Mm-hmm. And as somebody who's created board games and, and, and been in the board game industry and like and then comics and all that stuff, like I appreciate that side of it. Like Hall H to me at Comic Con was always garbage. Like save that shit for somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. The the conventions, like conventions are just that. I, I feel like I'm on my own my own island. People don't like the shit I like, but you're telling me I can go to this place where everyone likes the same shit I like. Like, I'm gonna go. And I, but and I think like to say Hasbro PulseCon, where's the building at? It's not a convention. You do it online, so it's not a convention. So it's completely pointless to call it a convention, because in my mind, if you're gonna have Hasbro PulseCon. Then I should be able to go there so I could get all the shit that I couldn't buy because I, you know, didn't like fund it or whatever on HasLab. But that's not that's not the case. This is just like a Hasbro PulseCon where they have like two or three hosts that don't know anything about anything they're talking about, read off a teleprompter and say the wrong shit at the wrong time, uh, and try to get me pumped up about a transformer that doesn't exist. <laughs> and it's like you know. And then they say, "Oh, by the way, we released all these like exclusive GI Joes and and uh, and Transformers, but you can't get them because everyone that has bots is scraping the website and has now bought all of them. So, thanks for wasting three hours of your day watching Hasbro PulseCon. See you tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. what that is. And so I'm I'm with you in in terms of like convention. Like, it's we got to bring convention back to what it was. <laughs> like well, we got to stop stop this idea of like." I, I think I that's know. that also is the hands of the people that are running the convention as well, though, because, you know, we've been in conventions, you know, for way, 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 way many two years. But, um, you know, we started when it was just about comics and mm-hmm. you go into Artist Alley, you're respecting the artist, you get someone that signs a book or you get 10 minutes to speak with, like, you know, creator of one of the books you did. And it was very personal. And then they moved into more like the corporate America thing where they were like, okay, well, let's try to go to convention. And I'm not knocking them for growing the convention. I just think that what they did was they grew the convention where they lost control of it. Yeah. And cool. so now these guys are like secondary thoughts that get pushed further and further and further at the end of the convention. And then these huge mega booths are in there with massive toy companies or massive video game companies. And I think that there's nothing wrong. Like E2, when you go to E3, it's all about like you know video games. It's their convention. You don't see Hollywood actors and having rows of tables and everything. It's basically about the games and the people behind them. Well, Comic Con lost their ways. At least San Diego has. And yeah. I think that what they're in the end game for them is the way they started the convention will be the way they end the convention because Hollywood's a fickle place. They're yeah. going to get tired of like, you know, like did last just last year, 
you know, when they knew that the strike was coming, what do you do? All these mega entertainment companies said, well, we're not going to go. There's there's no need to push our products to anyone. Well, give them. It's been three years since the, the pandemic and everything else has happened. Hollywood's going to get fickled. They're going to move to something else. And then what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to fall back and rely on what you did before. So you yep. better hope that industry's still there in order to carry on conventions. Well, and 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 like, I could spend all the money to go to San Diego Comic Con, or I could go to like Gen Con, right? Or like very specific conventions for board games, or even like smaller comic conventions mm -hmm. that cost like a fraction of the cost for San Diego Comic Con, and probably have a better time. Because it's yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not rubbing elbows with sweaty nerds uh, to like fight over something that I'm, I'm not going to get. And I, and I love San Diego Comic Con. Been going there since like early 2000, but like at the same time, I, it's, you just get to a certain point where it's like this isn't, this isn't really, like I'm going there. And I remember at one point in time, I would go to San Diego Comic Con. I was like, okay, cool. I bought three thousand dollars to spend. On just shit. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even like, that's what I'm using to eat food with. That was like, mm -hmm. I, this is what I... And I'm, I'm happy because I got a, a lot of exclusives, and I, I think it's cool, but... Yeah, I think I think we got to bring the... I think we got to bring the convention convention stuff back, you know? So well, maybe we could just... I think they're going to get an opportunity with that, because, again, I think that, especially with the thing that we've seen over the summer with the studios... I think that when the studios come back and the actors and the writers all settle the dust in, I think they probably won't be spending needless amount of money at conventions and everything at that moment. They might have to look at their bottom lines a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. In those same conventions, too, though, you were meeting new people and then, like, comparing collections of things mm -hmm. that you had. Or you had, like, talked to somebody on the phone uh, or sent them a letter in the mail and they were going to bring something for you. So there was always this, like, it was always meant for, like, if you're an avid collector, come to this convention. Um, and, and it's just not that. As, as, speaking of, like, conventions and collections and things like that, kind of wrapping it up as we, as we, as we get ready to close out, what are, your, what are your collection purchases this week? Oh, any, man, any, this any purchases you made this week? Any rundowns? was not even for like you know just uh, the purchases it was basically the toll has come <laughs> because oh. you know before hasbro post pops in uh i had ordered uh, over the last couple of years uh you know everything through i'm a huge avid gi joe fan so i i, I remember all the they were showing like digital renders and it's going to be here this day and then for a while it took them a year to get stuff going and now this last time i did some uh some purchases and it seems like it's just like every other day, something's dropping, <laughs> saying like, "Oh, this, this is coming from Hasbro Pulse. This is coming." So, uh, this week I've got two other items coming, but uh, just to put it up there again, big GI Joe fan. I got the uh, Corpora uh, Snow Serpent that came in. This came in from Big Bad Toy Store. Let me put this close up there. I'm uh, giving them a plug. They always do a good job of sending stuff out. So that's the Corpora's. Uh, snow serpent and i've got like snow job coming and then they finally after i think about a year of dr mindbender they just sent me a thing saying that's showing up and then the next thing was this huge item which is the uh cobra trouble bubble 
and that <laughs> came awesome. in. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, and again, this was more stuffs coming on the way. So I was like, oh my god, it was like a ping every other. Seemed like every other day. I was like, wait a minute, this 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 is early. What what's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, oh. So when they said like the postcon on September 22nd, I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. That might be coming all in October now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I got I got no money left for these. Yeah, it's breaking my bank, man. Hasbro, you're killing me. Yeah, and uh, Target is killing me because yet again, <laughs> uh, since I think it was like the second or third uh, podcast we did, I've gotten two more updates about how Club Obi Wan Indiana Jones <laughs> is delayed yet again. Oh, so, yeah. So it's like, oh, please select, uh, you know, uh, a later delivery date than we told you. So now they've pushed it back, I think, uh, at least two months from when I was supposed to get it. I'm thinking it may not show up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had this sneaking suspicion that uh, they did something well, wrong. Well, if you talk to Shadow, we'll probably find it in like, uh, you know over what? At, uh, Burlington Co. Factory. I probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's like, hey, I found your, I found your, uh, uh, your Indiana Jones character. It's in Ross. Exactly. Uh, but again, well, like like uh, Club Obi Wan is exclusive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exclusive to Ross. So Target sucks, but then Hasbro Pulse, their stuff that they said was going to come came, and I got Marcus Brody and oh, okay. Renee Belloc is the two uh, pack. Uh, okay. which is pretty right. cool. These guys. No, is, is that the one that comes okay. with the uh, um, the Ark of the Covenant build a piece? Uh, no, these right, so uh, just Bell, came so with uh, Marcus, came with an apple. Okay. And okay. the uh, giant Bible that he opens up, it's pretty beautiful. It opens up and it's like the actual picture really? that they have oh, in the movie of like, you know, the Ark uh, from the Bible. We might have to take back some of that stuff we said about Hasbro Pulse. <laughs> yeah, no, no, these are great. Although... <laughs> You know, you look at them, it's like, okay, I'm from the Men in Suits collection. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, these aren't that exciting. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> Dr. Jones is a very classy man. It's, it's, it's men's, men's, warehouse. men's warehouse. <laughs> uh, What's the, what you got there, Chet? What you got? Oh, man. What do I... <laughs> well, I bought, a, I bought a Super 7 Thundercats thing. I'm trying to figure out. I don't know where it went. Did you fund that cat's lair? Uh, <laughs> still on the fence on that one. <laughs> still on the fence about that because I I do have an I, I do have an idea where I could put that, but I don't I don't know if I don't know if I might get it because I while I love Thundercats, mm. I just don't know if I could commit that much. Now if that was like something to do with Transformers, there's a good chance it'd be in my house. So if it's like they did Cybertron, oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without not if they did like a replica of their ship in the side of the mountain. I would add oh. that in my house. Yeah, if they if they do anything like that for um for for the Transformers, oh, you know, you think the uh, cast layer was expensive? Oh man, oh yeah, a whole mount, a whole a whole mountain with a ship in it. Oh god, I'll just I'll just pretend like that price is fake money and I'll buy yeah. it. Uh, well, they'll take it in payment installs. Yeah, I <laughs> know that's what's great. Oh, you can't afford it all now. Well, we'll just you know. Well, I will tell you what I what I have, and I don't think that I had this uh, on in the last podcast I was at. But I did buy a 3D printer. <laughs> oh God! So now you can just print your own stuff. So there's no Hasbro Pulse for you now. Yeah, no. So like, uh, I'm organizing all my action figures as I open them up. I'm like, well, I don't really know where it's supposed to go. And then I realized that I need action figure stands. 
Mm-hmm. And so I just throw them into the 3D printer and print them. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but what's great about that is, uh, like, I can I can print uh, sample toys, which is realistically, if I'm going to be honest, pretty much the only reason why I bought this 3D printer uh, was so that I can make samples of toys that uh, we want to make um, or that, you know, we have ideas for. Uh, so, you know, uh, that was a giant purchase that probably didn't need to happen. But um, I bet you it was still probably cheaper than Castler, right? <laughs> well, how much? How much is a Castler? Oh, it's 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 up there. It's not crazy. I think it's only like six fifty. I'm sure. I'm sure that three D printer costs way more than that, right? Yeah, I mean it 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 did cost more than that, but you know I you know I get I get stuff out of it. I don't know, but. You can you can print the cat's layer now. <laughs> I can, and you know what's crazy is, uh, so I have, I I love the way uh, Nintendo NES games look, right? <laughs> and I was like, you know what, I gotta I gotta, this would be cool if I could mount these on my wall as like pictures. So you just go online, and there's a, oh, okay. a website called Thingiverse, and uh, you can print these out, and these oh. are little wall mounts. That the uh, NES cartridge oh, okay. sits on, yeah. and it sits on your wall. So, oh, what? whatever. Oh, hey, um, hey, hey, you gotta save a buck, brother. But in this case, you probably cut a buck. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, it was a little too much. Uh, all right, any, any final, any Jerry Springer final thoughts? No, man, as usual, you know, just a couple of guys uh, sitting around talking and missed uh, Mr. Calkins tonight. Hopefully he's uh, back next week for us. Yeah, well, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I, I felt I felt naked not not doing this. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like a, it's like a release. But uh, for everyone that is that is listening, uh, thank you for listening um, and for those of you that are watching on uh, the internet tubes, uh, we want to remind you that you could subscribe and you could do thumbs up, but we also appreciate thumbs down. Uh, and I troll the comments, so I will be reading comments. Uh, but thumbs up is always better than a thumbs down. So again, make sure that you subscribe because we know we know that you're listening and you haven't subscribed because it tells us. So, subscribe up here. Yeah, the subscribe button's going to be like right in the, just on the screen in and general, over there. like here and over there. or over there or down here. I feel like we're like the Brady's bunch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll see you next time. Uh, and it'll be four of us and it'll be fantastic because you would have subscribed and given us a thumbs up anyways and commented. It would have been good. It would have been great. So thank you for that. Um, as always, I'm your lovely, gorgeous host, Jet Maddox, along with Alexander Storm and Dr. Brantley. Thank you all so very much, and you're welcome.